0: A couple of weeks ago, you got to hear from the admissions chairperson of the Mount St. Joseph PA program. Well, today I have two recent graduates, Katie and Houston, who are sharing their experience with the program and some really great info on how to study in didactic year. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. Welcome to the podcast, the Pre-PA Club. Thank you for being a member of the club. I hope you're also a member on Facebook where we have almost 15,000 Pre-PA students in the Facebook group, which is wild. And I just am so excited that so many people want to be PAs and are interested in the profession. And that's really cool because when I was in college, I didn't feel like nobody knew what PAs were. So still educating the public, but thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And today's interview with two students should be a good one. This is especially a great episode for anyone who is about to start PA school because Katie and Houston, who recently graduated from the Mount St. Joseph PA program, share about their program, about their paths, and About their personal lives. So they both were married in PA school. You'll hear from Houston, but um, he started PA school with one child and now has three. And so um, he is able to share about balancing family time, which balance is not a true thing. But we get into that a little bit. But they share so much about their study techniques, what they found worked for them how long it took to figure that out and just give a very realistic view of what to expect in PA school. So we will get into that in just a second before we do, I want to make sure you know about all of the free resources available on the pa If you go to the platform.com slash downloads, you will find so many things to help you. And these are just things that I am constantly getting questions about and seeing questions about in the Facebook group. So there's a resume template, there is a Patient care, healthcare, shadowing log that you can download, um, personal statelet- statement templates, mock interview practice guides, um, interview preparation worksheets, an application timeline checklist, just lots of helpful things. And so that's a good place to start if you're feeling overwhelmed or frustrated. Um, And another good way to find information is just to Google exactly what you're looking for. So if you have questions about supplementals, Google the PA platform supplementals and I can guarantee you stuff will pop up. When you ask me questions, that is how I find it to send you the answer. So that's a good technique to use as well. um, Just to make this whole thing easier. All right. I won't take too much of your time, but let's jump into hearing from Katie in Houston. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. Um, My name is Katie Hoffman, and
1: I just graduated from Mount St. Joe University's PA program um, a month ago in May 2021. Um, I'm going to be working in psychiatry starting in the next couple months. Um, And in undergrad, I uh, studied biology, gerontology, and psychology, and I worked as a nurse aide and as a pharmacy technician for my patient care hours. My
2: name is Houston Dockery. Um, I graduated right right along with Katie. Um, And right now I'm still looking for a job. I've got my second interview um, for pulmonary care and critical care um, medicine physician um, on Thursday, actually. Um, So pretty excited about that. And um, my undergrad was in exercise science. um, And I actually spent about four years as a medical device sales rep um, up in Cleveland, uh, right before PA school.
0: Nice. Y'all have nice variety of backgrounds and experience. Um, can you tell me what brought you to the PA profession?
2: Um,
1: All right, Houston, you want to go first?
2: Yeah, I, I can go first. So um, I've always kind of been interested in medicine. Um, I was a personal trainer back when I was 17. Uh, I was wanting to be a combat medic going into the military, but I met my wife, so that didn't end up happening. happening. Um, so I ended up going to uh, become a sales rep um, for a medical sales company for four years, like I said, and um, I thought that was about as close to medicine as I needed to be. But uh, it was a lot more salesy than than I anticipated, <laughs> which is kind of uh, odd for a odd for a sales gig, I know. But um, I met a lot of really good PAs uh, there through that, and kind of found out what the profession was, and um, that's kind of what we what got me started on. Researching the profession and what made me want to do it.
1: Cool. How about you, Katie? Um, so my mom, when I was growing up, she worked as a dietitian at our local hospital, and I always loved going to the hospital with her. And um, she worked with a really great interdisciplinary team with physicians and nurses and, um, APPs. And so I found out about the PA profession through her in high school. And so that's when I realized that that's something I wanted to pursue. I did at that time, I was volunteering in the hospital and uh, on a nursing floor. And I also was um, able to shadow a bunch of physicians in high school, which was really a great opportunity as well. And I realized I didn't really want to do either, um, and that's when I learned that around the same time was when I learned about being a PA. And so that seemed like the best option for me.
0: Interesting that you knew so early and were exposed so early, but that's awesome. Um, did you guys take gap years or did you go, well, I know you did Houston, but Kay, did you take gap years or did you go straight
1: in? I did. I actually did. I um, I wasn't going to, I actually filled out CASPA and last minute decided not to submit my application um, because I was, I was actually getting married that year and. I'm so, so glad that I did. It was the best last minute decision I've ever (laughs) made to take a gap year. Nice. Yeah. Most people,
0: I I rarely hear that people regretted their gap year.
1: For sure. Yeah. It's, it was awesome. It was very (laughs) great, especially good time to recharge before starting didactic. Yeah. PA schools a lot.
0: Um, When y'all were looking for PA programs, what was on your list of things that you were looking for?
2: Um, so for me specifically, uh, I just wanted somebody to accept me. Um, I know that kind of sounds like minimal, but, um, that was really my, my only criteria coming from that, you know, a previous career I had been, you know, been married. Um, I had a kid and, and my wife was pregnant. So, um, we were, and we were moving back from Cleveland back down home, uh, which in Cincinnati where we're at now. And, um, so At that point, it was just kind of moving in with the in-laws and my only criteria was just, please somebody take me.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: That's, that's a lot. I have a lot more questions on that, but what about you, Katie? Um, Yeah, I was similarly, I was married. I don't have any kids yet, but um, I was looking for proximity to uh, Cincinnati. So um, Mount St. Joe is the only program in Cincinnati. I was looking at other schools in other areas like in Lexington and um, Dayton, but I was mostly looking for um, the location. I also really liked that Thomas or that um, uh, Mount St. Joe was a small college because I have gone to a small liberal arts school for um, undergrad, Thomas Morey University. And so it was very, very similar to um, to that. And so that was one of the things that made me really like Brown St. Joe.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Um, location was my biggest thing to just, and gain accepted, but wanting to try to stay close to home. Um, Houston, for you, what did your application process look like? How many schools did you apply to um how many did you interview at how many acceptances what was that like
2: yeah so I I I feel very fortunate because um you know I I applied to one um, okay and I got an interview to one at one and I got accepted first go around which I know is not generally the the consensus for uh, when I was looking to be honest I didn't even look um, into that kind of thing whenever I was applying because I only had one option at the time um, and, and I knew that if I didn't get in then it was going to be a whole nother year of building up my patient care hours and volunteer and all that kind of stuff. And then I was going to try to pl- apply to a few more, but, um, I got really lucky and Mount St. Joe saw something in me and, um, you know, like I said, I got accepted.
0: Uh, yeah. It only
1: takes one. Yeah. What about you, Katie? Um, I also kind of I have a similar story, but not nearly as lucky as, as Houston. So, um, the first year I didn't, I've only, I only applied one cycle. Like I said, the first cycle, I ended up not even submitting CASPA. Um, but the second year when I redid CASPA and actually submitted at that time, um, I applied to a really large school in the area and I didn't get accepted. And the reason that I only applied to this one school at first was because they had different um, requirements, like their different prereqs. And so when I was in college, um, Mount St. Joe announced that they were an, uh, opening the PA program when I was like a sophomore or junior. And so it was almost too late for me to like add these extra classes that they were asking for that they have now, of course, taken away as prereqs. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so it was just because the only reason I didn't originally apply at the Mount was because I didn't have all the prereqs that they needed. Um, and so I ended up putting all my eggs in one basket in this other school, and then I didn't get accepted there. And I was like, I allowed myself to be upset for one day and I was really, really heartbroken. And then I was like, okay, where can I take biochem? And I like drove 45 minutes twice a week to go take this extra class. And it was, I mean, it was no big deal because Houston had to take extra or like other classes for years. And so many did uh, so many other people in our class did as well. And so like taking one class is nothing. But at the time I was like, this sucks. Oh my God. (laughs) But um, thankfully uh, that the Mount's, um, application timeline was like six months behind the other schools. So then I was able to apply and then I got accepted at the Mount. So it all worked out great. And I'm really, really grateful, um, as well to have been able to stay in Cincinnati. So it all worked out for the best for sure.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I love hearing different stories because I think pretty much everyone who goes through this process has to sacrifice something, whether it's time or even time with your family or friends or money or whatever. There's so much sacrifice to become a PA. Um, okay. So y'all were accepted. How many people were in your class?
2: Thirty-two.
0: Thir- yeah, thirty-two. Thirty-two. Okay. Um. So fairly small. Did y'all feel like you knew everybody? Was it kind of a close knit? What was the environment like in your program?
2: Um. So I. I mean. I feel like I. I know pretty much everybody relatively well um you know it took a few months uh to kind of get to know everybody but they did a really good job the program did of kind of um stirring us up and every so often they would have our quote unquote assigned seats like mixed so that you would be around different people and i think that that helped a lot with getting to know your classmates and there's a lot of group work and things like that too so um by the end of it i feel like i you know everybody relatively well especially when you spend day in, day out with these people. Um, you get to know them just as well as your family.
1: I agree. I think that the the, the assigned seat thing really helped, helped me branch out and like meet new people because you really don't have time to, in didactic to like be social. So your only like social activity is sitting next to each other and being like looking at each other with confusing faces and like, okay, what's going on? Like, I have no idea what's going on right now. And mm-hmm. so going through um, that with other people is, a you know, a great bonding experience. And I will say that in the beginning, like when they started switching up our seats, I'm like, okay, I know these two people, like I do not need to move. But then I was, I was glad that I got to meet other people and, <laughs> and, and and stuff. But at first I was like, seriously, like I've I've worked so hard to meet and become friends with these two other people that I'm sitting with. And now I have to meet all these new people, but it ended up being way, way better because, you know, meeting all the people in your class, like you learn different things um, from all of them. And so we had uh, people that were athletic trainers and we had a nurse and we had like, you know, all kinds of different backgrounds. So it's always really valuable to hear the different perspectives from all the different people in your class that studied different things and that did different things before for their career.
0: Yeah. The switching seats is interesting. We just walked in and picked a seat. That was like the seat you picked day one was it for the whole time. Even when we came back during clinicals, everybody just went to their seat, um, which was really funny. Now my program is super fancy and has standing desks options or
1: something. Wow, that's so hip. (laughs) I know. I
0: went to lecture and I was like, this is weird. Y'all are standing. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, Okay. Was there anything that... Was unique about Mount Saint Joseph that maybe you didn't know ahead of time. I just feel like when you're looking at programs online and reading about them, all this stuff starts to run together, and they all look very similar from that perspective. But was there anything that you're like, I just love this about this program, and think people
1: would also love this? So I feel, I feel like. Oh, sorry, Houston. You want to go first? Right, Katie. Okay. Um, I feel like one of the things I didn't really anticipate was that, um, it being a new program, like it really wasn't concerning to me that it was a newer program just because I was like, I don't care where I become a PA. I just want to be a, be a PA. Like it didn't really matter to me where I went to school. Um, so I never really considered the fact that it was a new program as part of my decision-making. Um, but it was actually really a big benefit I feel like, because, um, the faculty was very receptive of us being like, okay, well, this, you know, the way this lecture worked, but this kind of didn't, and, and they were just very receptive to feedback about different uh, projects that we did, or just, you know, pretty much anything about the curriculum. We, if, if they were like, so how did this, you know, they were, they really wanted to hear like what we had to say about it. And so that was helpful because then as the year went on, you know, um, our feedback was used to you know change things that you know worked better for the students, so I thought that that was really really helpful because I know that that's not really the case everywhere. Um, because some things are just really set in stone, you know, like this is the way we've done this for 25 years and we're not going to change it. Um, so I, I really appreciated that about the faculty for sure.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I didn't really look into I looked into a few other ones, but they weren't a serious um, thing for me until if I didn't get accepted into this school. Um, but one of the things that that really stood out to me about Mount St. Joe was the fact that, you know, I actually had reached out to them a year prior to even um, uh, applying for it. And they were very um, open to, to talk to me um, and kind of give me the steps of, you know, what do you need to do in order to get into our program? Because I was kind of clueless and I needed some help and they were more than willing to just talk to me and say, Hey, you know, these, you need to get these things done and then, and then you can apply. Um, and they, I was able to follow with them you know, uh, every so often and just make sure I was on the right track and things like that, which was really helpful. Um, one of the things that I you know, like I said, I, I didn't look into other programs, but I think that is unique to Mount St. Joe is that they have um, 11 five week rotations over 15 months. and I, I know that kind of varies um, school to school. We had we had several clinical experiences. and I know now, um, actually starting this year, instead of at we, we had two electives. COVID kind of changed that, but we're supposed to have two electives of, of our choice. And this year they're actually um, having three electives um, in special populations. So I think that that's kind of unique as well.
0: That is unique. I've actually never heard of a program having three electives um, and yeah. most rotation years are not 15 months. So it's a little yeah. extra time, which is
1: cool. I will also say as a new grad, I feel like having more electives is super helpful and just more rotations in general, because then you meet more people and can make more connections. And I know that quite a few of the people that are in our class that have gotten jobs already were from either rotations that they had or electives, you know, that they specifically chose that they were passionate about. And so I think that that's a huge benefit as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. So how long is the program total?
2: 27 months.
0: 27 months, okay. So that's interesting. So y'all had 12 months didactic and then 15 months rotations? Yeah, correct. I like that. So mine was the opposite. We had fifteen months didactic and twelve months rotations.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely at the end of the didactic was like hope, wishing that we had three more months because I was terrified and thought I knew nothing, but uh, found out really quick on my first rotation that I could have studied for an entire year and still not been ready for rotation. So I think that the extra <laughs> experience in the field was uh, was been more beneficial.
0: That's so true. And it's so funny, because I feel like I talked to so many pre PA students, who's a lot of who listens to this podcast, and, um, and even PA students who are in didactically, it's, it's different talking to somebody who's been through it all, because they ask all the time, like, will you feel ready for rotations? Will you feel ready to start your job? And the answer is no, but you do it and you figure it out and you keep learning. And that's just how it goes yes absolutely (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and yeah there were definitely days I remember being like why are they letting me do this why do they think I'm qualified to talk to these patients um but it's that's the fun part rotations are really fun um did you have a favorite rotation I'm interested to hear y'all's favorite since you're kind of doing different paths with your job search
2: sure so I got into uh, PA school to, to be an ortho. Um, that was just because that's what I did as a sales rep. That's kind of was my comfort zone. So I just assumed that's what I was going to do. Um, that's not, that, that is one of my interests, but it's not what I'm hoping to do at this point. Um, if we're being honest, I, I really like the, the surgery aspect of it, but I think more than anything, I just like procedures. And um, one, one of my favorite, actually my favorite rotation um, was interventional radiology. Um, and I just thought that was one of the coolest things. I love looking at imaging. I love doing procedures. And um, the the rotation that I had was just very conducive to, to learning those types of things. Um, and because it was one of my electives, I didn't have an interrotation exam to worry about. Um, so I was really able to kind of just enjoy the rotation and learn as much as I can without having a test hanging over my head. So
1: that was really nice. Nice. What
0: about you, Katie?
1: I think, I think my favorite were uh, psych and women's health. Those were really fun. And I think most of it just had to do with the fact of like, you know, spending so much time with patients and getting to know them. And I think that that was part of my favorite, my favorite part as well. But I also, I did the same um, interventional radiology. One as Houston. I also like procedures a lot. I loved emergency. I love suturing. I don't know what I'm going to do in psych when I can't suture. I guess I'm just going to like Have to like get some pig skin and just like do it at home just to get it out of my system. But I am gonna miss that. Yeah.
0: I mean, (laughs) we you even do a physical exam. I mean, you'll be like me and not using your stethoscope because in Durham I don't even know where mine is.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right.
2: One of one of the other things too that I that I Mm -hmm. noticed about um, clinical rotations that so uh I, I never thought that the medicine aspect of it was gonna be one of the things I like, which is you know, I I like I said, I really like procedures. And um, I like doing that kind of stuff. So hands-on, getting your hands dirty, that kind of thing. Um, so internal medicine was one of the ones that I was like really scared to do because it's all medicine. It's all clinical decision-making. It's all of that kind of stuff. And um, I, that was actually probably tied with my, my favorite and it had everything to do with um, my attitude going into it and my preceptor. And I think that, you know, I haven't heard of anybody in the program that who has had like a bad experience with a preceptor Um, and, and just, you know, having that attitude of I'm going to go in and learn, um, was really beneficial and just learn and, you know, soak up as much as I can. And it actually turned something that I thought I was going to hate into something that I'm potentially applying to jobs for. So that was really helpful as well.
0: That's really cool. I I think that's neat when that happens. That happened to me too. Um, mine was endocrinology. I signed up for the rotation because I hated it. I, it was my least favorite subject in didactic so clearly, I like, didn't pay attention and felt like I needed to do a rotation to solidify it. And I got there and I loved it so much. And I, if I didn't do derm, I've always said, that's what I would do it would be endocrinology, which is very random. Um, cause yeah. I, and like you said, you like thought you'd do ortho. I feel like everyone comes in with this, well, I'll probably end up doing this. And then half the people completely change their mind once they start doing other stuff. Um, so in, I'm interested about how y'all did in didactic. Do you feel like you did well, or did you have to adjust your study methods? How did didactic go for you as far as the academic
1: portion? (laughs) I'll take this one, Houston. (laughs) Um, So I feel like in didactic, everybody is just treading water and like trying to survive. And I feel like that's kind of where Houston and I were. Um, and then at the end of the year, we kind of both, I, f- I think it was psych, we, we started studying together. Like one morning we, we ended up carpooling eventually, cause we both lived uh, close by. And, um, we just like started going over PowerPoints together. And this was in like November. So this was like one month away from being done with didactic. And we were like, wow, this is a much more time effective <laughs> study method to study with each other. Um, and it's, it would also really worked out well because, I'm a chatter and Houston is not a chatter. And so um, <laughs> um, so I, I couldn't like sit there and be like, Hey, guess what? He'd be like, shut up Katie when you study. And so that was like really helpful for me to keep, for someone to keep me on track. Um, and then eventually we just started studying like all the time together. So we did like, um, there was a month off that we had in between didactic and um, starting rotations. And so we studied together then. Um, And we would just like watch online med ed videos and do rush review questions. And then if I was ever misbehaving, he would take my phone so that I wouldn't watch YouTube while we were supposed to be studying. And (laughs) so it was really good to have an accountability partner. Um, what we did, like, I, I think like we did, I did fine in didactic, so did Houston. We both, you know, passed everything. And I think we got A's and B's, um, we both only failed one test and we, it was actually the same test in the summer, but we both say that it was an unfair test, but we'll, we're not even gonna talk about that. <laughs> um, and that was, I think that was also endocrinology. Well, I think it was endocrinology and like heme and stuff too. So oh, whatever. It yeah, was a part of it as well. What'd you say, Houston?
2: Um, infectious disease was a part of it as well.
1: Yeah, it was hard. It was like antibiotics and heme and it was just. Yeah, it was hard. Anyways, um, we're, we, we're PAs now. We, we made it. We learned it all. Um, but what we did during COVID, so COVID happened, of course, last year and our rotations got paused. And so we actually did like a couple uh, online rotations. And during that time, Houston and I got a copy of the online med ed um, Quick Tables book, which, or no, no we well, We got that one too. It's, no, it's the Whiteboards book. It's um, all of the, like, It's a, it's a copy of all the, of the uh, whiteboards, the images of all the videos that Dustin Williams or Dr. Williams does, um, on online med ed. And then we would sit and watch like every single online med ed video. And we have done that. Like, I think we've, we've watched the coronary artery disease video 1000 times because we practically have it memorized. And we will like say phrases that he says in, in the videos and we're like such huge nerds and we love him. So if you're listening to us, we love you. Dr. Williams, we're obsessed with you. Um, (laughs) And and so that was a huge help, I think, uh, learning. We just did that while we were off for COVID. And then I think that was a huge benefit when we were studying for the pants because we had that basis. And then not only did we have like the the foundation of knowledge, but we also had um, our like this book that had all of our notes on top of the notes from these videos and they just are a really, really great way to condense like a bunch of diseases into one coherent topic that makes sense in your brain. And he uses these things called advanced organizers. So it's like a way of thinking, like a pattern, like you can recognize patterns in the ways that he draws. And then like, that helps me think like I, to this day, like I cannot think of murmurs without watching his, um, or without thinking of his murmur video. And so, or valvular diseases, valvular diseases, excuse me, if you need to Google it. Um, so it's, uh, I thought that that was probably one of the most beneficial things. Other than that, I think rosh review was probably the most beneficial, but I think didactic we we did fine, but I think we really started to be like, "Oh, okay, I understand what cardiology is now. Like this doesn't make me want to cry anymore after we watched all the online med videos." Yeah, I, like found your groove. Huh?
0: Yeah,
2: not as <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: that's, I'm going to make a note of that because that was not around when I was in PA school um, for when I have to take my pantry in two years and DERM is 4%. So that's...
1: Oh man, I'm not a, looking forward to that at all. <laughs>
0: and maybe it'll change and I'll have the pilot by the time we all have to do it, but yeah. Um, okay, cool. So um, I know most both of y'all mentioned that you were married. I think Houston, you said you had a couple kids. How did y'all balance... Being a student and regular home life, what what was that approach like?
2: Um, yeah, so I've actually had a kid going into school, and my wife was pregnant. And since being in school, um, I have had another one. So uh, we oh, have wow. three kids now. <laughs> my my youngest is almost four months old now. Um, so you know, as far as balancing, like to your question. You kind of can't, to be honest. Um, I, I kind of just when people, you know, you just I have to. I have Katie to vent to. I have our friend Barb and Megan to vent to. Um, so those kind of things, like people that are in in it with you, like that can kind of empathize with you and and just say how much things suck and and then just kind of move on. But um, I always tell people like do the things that you like as often as you can, um, and you also just really need a strong support team, um, whether it be people inside your your program or, you know, your, your, your significant other. Um, And to be able to just not take it personal whenever you're not available or you're constantly studying or whatever. Um, One of the things that I did um, just to kind of stay sane was uh, I made a point to make time for my family every Friday night and Saturday. So I didn't study at all on Friday night after class. And I didn't study at all on Saturdays in any, in any capacity. And Sunday morning I woke up and and was just ready to study for 12 hours straight. um and during the week kind of was just like hey I'll see you Friday night so um that was that was kind of my quote-unquote balance I guess
0: yeah that's I mean that's a good system I've heard people treating like a job like treating schools like my job my full-time job and then kind of having those weekend breaks so that works
1: I don't know that I balanced nearly as well as Houston did. I think he kind of had to because he had a kid. I think my husband is an angel and he, <laughs> he just did like everything. And he was so patient and kind. And now like thinking back to it, I'm like, wow, how, how did that ever work out? Like he would, you know, do the, make the food and pack my lunch and like do our laundry. Like I honestly, I would not have made it without him. So I'm, you know, so grateful that, that he supported me and, and allowed me to do, not, not allowed me to do this, but really without him, I would not have been able to do it just because he was such a rock and, and so supportive for me. So, um, I don't think I did a good enough job balancing school and marriage because it's just, it was, it, I think it I think didactic at least is more than a full-time job. I think clinical is is more similar to having a job just because it is, you know, similar hours, i just think didactic i i did not have find a balance ever like really and truly but it's over now it's only one year but but yeah when you're
2: thrown in you're thrown to the wolves the first you know they tell you a thousand times during orientation that it's going to be all the information's going to be thrown at you it's like drinking from a fire hose it's this it's that and you know y- you got in so you're kind of thinking well i got in so i can do this and then you know that first week or two or month you know you're like trying to figure out which way is up and it takes you several months to really um you know kind of get a groove on even how to study for things for things um uh, especially and then
1: once you once you find your groove you start a new body system and then you have to completely change it
2: (laughs) that's what i was just about to say is like once you get comfortable then they, they then it switches up so um yeah that whole first year there's there is no balance at all i think Right He's right on the head with that one.
0: More like survival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. If y'all could go back to your pre-PA selves, like not pre-PA, you've been accepted, but like about to start school in a week, what would you tell yourself?
2: I would tell myself to immediately find the person that you're going to study with um, and, and just, you know, make friends with whoever and try to find the person that you're going to to mesh with because, um, you know, Katie kind of spoke to it earlier. Um, but, you know, it, I, it, you can't do this by yourself. And that was one of the things that they tell you. And I'm kind of a loner when it comes to learning and things. And I think that, I think I can do everything. And um, PA school is just not conducive to that. You have to have somebody else. Um, and then on on top of that, you know, I think that I am very, I'm very much a perfectionist. I like to know things, and I don't like when I don't know things, and it it, it really it really uh, bothers me. Um, but this stuff doesn't come easy. At least it didn't for me, and I had to work really, really, really hard to understand it. And it takes three, four, five, seven times going over something before you really actually get it. And kind of giving myself a break um, when I'm looking at something for you know three or four hours and it's just not clicking giving myself a break is something that I wish I would have been able to do earlier on. Cause I think it would have saved a lot of
1: heartache.
0: Those are great tips. Thank you.
1: I would say just know that, you know, if you, if you've been accepted, then people believe in you and they know that you can do it. Um, I think everybody has the Oh crap moment when you first start and realize like, Oh my gosh, like I have no idea what any of this means. Like what does a differential even mean? You know, like, all those things that you just, you know, like you said, drinking out of a fire hose. Um I would say a good, a good rule of thumb would be to um know 80% of this stuff 80% of the time. I think that when I was learning and uh trying to, you know, digest all the information, I literally was, I remember our first like series of lecture, I was just trying to learn every single fact that they would throw at us. And we had um derm, and it was like all of the like the strength of permethrin, and I was like, now I couldn't even tell you what strength permethrin even comes in. Like, I have no idea. But it was on the PowerPoint, so I'd be like, "That's important, right?" <laughs> and so, like, it was just really hard to know what you even need to know. And it's it's easy for the the teachers to be like, "Oh, you don't need to know that." But like, we didn't know that. You know, it's it's really hard to know like what you need to know. And so, I think that the a good way to to determine like what is a good level of detail is to have some sort of review book, whether that's like the um, NCCPAs or if it's pants prep pearls, um, something like that, just to be like, okay, well, if they ask me about, um, I don't know, tinea corporis, they're not going to ask me like, what strength of this do I need? They're going to ask me, okay, what drug is it? You know? So um, no, you don't use Promethrin for that. Don't Don't worry, people. Don't worry. If my professors are listening, I don't b- believe that you give permission for that. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but I think that that like that would be that would be something like a, like Houston just said like perfectionism. Like there's no room for that. You cannot know everything. You just need to know like the big you know the big stuff. And um, I also would say like buy lots of highlighters, buy lots of color coded sticky notes. Cause I'm all about that. So that's what I use the most. Of, I think like I think I went through like pack like ten packs of highlighters.
2: Or if you're like me, um, find somebody who buys highlighters and then ride their coattails.
0: I feel like everyone uses iPads now. And I'm such a paper person that I'm like, how do y'all do that?
1: Um, I actually got an iPad a a month into school and I really liked it. Um, I, I I did have like some stuff in paper, but I didn't like print out all the PowerPoints. I would have them on my iPad and that was super helpful. I really liked that. Oh yeah. Um awesome. Well, I'm
0: excited for y'all with your new jobs and recently graduating. Um, thanks so much for sharing this. I mean, would y'all recommend I w- it? Sounds like Mount St. Joe as a program. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: I would go there again if they would accept me again. So um
1: I would go again if I didn't have to do Didactic, again, but that's <laughs> I would never want to do a Didactic anywhere. So <laughs> I might as well do it at Mount St. Joe, right? (laughs) As long as, as long as Houston can do it with me, then I would do be fine. (laughs) You know, you'll pass.
0: Yeah. It sounds like the moral of this talk is everyone needs a Houston. So y'all go find, (laughs) find your Houston in your program. Exactly. 10 out of 10.
1: There you go. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, y'all.
2: Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, good luck to everybody who's listening. You guys can do it. Uh, Don't you know get discouraged it's it's so much work but like you said Savannah like it's everybody has to sacrifice to get here but when you sit back and look at all the hard work that you've done it's really incredible to sit back and think about like like sometimes I on the hard days in didactic or in the hard days during clinicals I would sit and and remember like getting up at 5 a.m to go be a nurse aide and how terrible that was but the only reason I did it was so that I could get some clinical hours and stuff and so you're like, wow, like I have worked so hard to get here and it is such an amazing opportunity. So never doubt yourself. If you, if, when you get in, like it is the best feeling ever. So I think that it's a great career. You'll help lots of people. And it's such a neat, a neat thing to do, to be able to like, you know, marry science and getting to care for people. So I think that it's an awesome career and you guys can all do it.
0: Yeah. That's my talk. (laughs) <laughs> Everyone needs a K for there to be their cheerleader. So <laughs> find your dream team once you get there, guys. Um no, y'all are awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I do do appreciate your insights
1: so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us.